0: Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. We are making a little bit more of an effort every Tuesday afternoon here on Lunchtime Live to live that bit better. And I'm going to chat to a number of experts from various different areas and backgrounds on how they live well. I want them to tell me how do you live well. Today we're chatting though about sleep, something I haven't been getting an awful lot of lately um, due to this cold and cough and everything else that's going around. But Anne-Marie Boyan is a sleep expert, founder of the Sleep Care Company and author of The Sleep Journal. Anne-Marie's with us today. Good afternoon. Good
1: afternoon, Andrea.
0: You're in to tell me how you live well. Um, just to actually define, like officially, what is a good night's sleep, Anne-Marie?
1: A good night's sleep is getting to bed early and getting at least six to seven to eight hours sleep a night for adults.
0: Consecutive, straight through?
1: Yes. So there, there is an argument to say that some people can survive on, on six hours sleep. But, you know, the studies that have been done show that those that get seven hours, eight hours, you are going to be feeling much better the next day. So I would prioritise your sleep, get to bed early. Um, is a thing that a lot of us don't do. Mm. So the reason for the early bit, if you can get your sleep between 10.30 and 3am in the morning, that's the most restorative sleep.
0: 10.30. So even if you just slept, if you went to bed at 10 and you conked out by 10.30 and you slept till 3 Yes, that's as good. That's as good as you can hope for.
1: Yeah, the reason is for the, all the restoration happens. So the human growth hormone kicks in between ten a.m. and three a.m. in the morning. So the human growth hormone does all the heavy lifting in our body. It burns all the fat. It take cares takes care of all the learning we've done all day. It, mm. it helps our metabolism so all the, the muscle repair the things that go on in our mind it consolidates all that learning so if you can get sleep if you can not get a good night's sleep try and get it between those areas because it yeah. is the most restorative
0: well, like I went to bed last night you laugh at half eight and I was still awake at half two this morning yeah so, <laughs> it's no wonder I'm exhausted today
1: yeah, it's so vital for our... It's Sleep is the number one in wellness, you know, above nutrition and fitness. I would say really? if you can't sleep, you're really
0: not going, yeah. to, you're not so going to be w- feeling well. So to, to, to try to get your... Like to try and be asleep by 10.30, what time do you really need to be in bed at, realistically?
1: Well, it depends on how long it takes you to fall asleep. So most people you know, if you're not going through something, but most people should be falling asleep between 15 and 20 minutes. So, if you want to be asleep by half ten, you know, aim to be in bed Mm -hmm. by ten. Do your wind down. So, preferably do a nice little sleep routine before you go to bed. You know, I'm not talking laborious, but, you know, five minutes of brushing your teeth, perhaps taking your makeup off, reading a book would be really good. So get off the screen. So the screens are going to keep us awake. And then have all that done to be in bed. So we want to prioritise our sleep. Now I know it's very hard, you know, we're coming off the back of Christmas where there's been a lot of screens and friend time and alcohol and all of that. So it's really about getting back into routine and I know as dull as it sounds our brain loves routine. It just... It programs it. It just tells it. I love this. My body is going to work well. I know what's coming.
0: The sleep is coming. So the only sleep that counts is 10.30 to three in the morning. It's the most quality sleep that you're going to get. And it's the human growth hormone. Okay. so I was chatting to somebody recently about this who always has trouble sleeping. And they were telling me that they've lately started to actually get up now when they wake up. Do you advise on that?
1: So for people who have insomnia, yes, I would. Um, So if you are consistently, you know, waking up at one, two, three in the morning, you know, it's called cognitive behavioural therapy. So it's really it's training your body and your bed. It's training your mind to be associated with bed. So if you're not sleeping, you have to get out, get into a different environment. So go to a different room read a book. I have a client at the sleep care company who gets up and and does Lego in the middle of the night because he can't sleep. And then go back to bed. Because that it disassociates you with the bed and the negative implications that are associated with your bed. It brings you to a new environment where you're calmer. So you're doing something calming. Like I said, you could try a meditation, you could try reading a book or, or the Lego building.
0: And would you take a nap then during the day? If you're sleep deprived, I do, not? I do
1: recommend naps, not for people with insomnia. So again, we have to, there's a lot of training that goes on there. But if you're sleep deprived, so for example, you know, yourself today that, that you've been feeling, <laughs> <You're laughs> feeling the effects. So naps are really good if your job permits it or you know, yeah. obviously. Um and you know, they do it a lot in countries like Taiwan. I know they have crazy work hours, yeah, you know. Yeah. But NASA has done a huge study on on people like pilots, on astronauts to say that a nap of twenty six minutes is hugely restorative. 26. So nothing longer. So you're looking at a half an hour because when yeah. you go over half an hour nap, you know, fair enough if you're on holidays and, you, you know, you oh, can do that. Do. Yeah. Um, but if you go over the half an hour, that it eats into your sleep then into the, in the evening. You know, you wake up groggy from that nap. Yeah, so no harm in
0: a little 26 minute siesta. No harm. In the Tell all employers. Yeah, twenty-six. So yeah, so Listen, I'm a big. I fully endorse the nap. I'm yeah. a big fan of a big fan of a little siesta in the afternoon. Why not? Um, texter wondering: Do nighttime teas make any difference?
1: Yes, if they're caffeine free. So you want to be um, so as part of your sleep routine you might have a chamomile tea a peppermint tea there's um, there's some sleepy teas out there that are good that have those natural herbs that are good for sleep like L-theanine for example um, you don't want to be having the caffeine. So save your Barry's tea or whatever tea you drink for earlier in the day and don't have caffeine after two o'clock. So, you know, your tea and coffee is fine in the morning, but after two, it starts to eat into our sleep. So you're, you change that afternoon cuppa for
0: a decaf or a herbal tea. Mm, so this is my last coffee now of the day. I usually do try to put a cap on it by the end of the programme. That's yeah. it.
1: Unfortunately, it yeah. does affect a lot of people's sleep. It is down to genetics, though. There, you know, some people can um, process caffeine better. They can metabolise mm. it better. And there are two genes to do with coffee. Okay. And some people are lucky enough they can have an espresso at nine o'clock at night and they're fine. But for most of us, no.
0: Loads of messages coming in here. Marie, oh eight seven fourteen hundred one oh six is the number. This texter says, "I can never get asleep until around two in the morning. I'm not up until nine a.m. for work, but I do find it hard then to start at around um, six p.m. or seven p.m. What can I do? They must start. They start to fade away at about six or seven in the evening." This is very common. I see it all the
1: time. I I work with clients with severe insomnia at the sleep care company. So first of all, have a look at what could be causing that. Um, so the getting, you know, the waking at two and been up that along is, you know, insomnia. So there's various things that can be causing that. It could be liver, it could be blood sugar, it could be things that are happening in your gut, your minerals, etc. But for the the evening, you know, you are going to feel tired because you're not getting that yeah. sleep during the night. So I would try and wind down. I would try and get yourself checked out because that does look like an issue if you're not having that that sleep. Okay. To see what is causing that cortisol strike um, spike in the night. It could be stress. There you know people go through rough times and, yeah. and there could be a stressful thing causing it and what I do is I look at and test people and see what's
0: actually causing under the hood and seeing what's causing you to not sleep um, Rita in Donegal is wondering if there's anything else she can do to try and get a night's sleep, I go to bed at about 9pm, about I listen to really relaxing music, I go to sleep but my god I wake up about an hour or more afterwards and I'm so annoyed I only that I only ever got about an hour and a half sleep
1: yeah, that's really unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear that. Again, you know, it could be a certain time in your life that that you're going through that's that's doing that, but that is is not normal. Um, you know, I would get seen to, you know, not not getting that amount of sleep is going to really have an impact on your health. There are things you can take, there are herbals you can take, there are um, you know, good sleep aids out there mm. over the counter but that sounds like that that you know it could be menopause it could be a lot of things
0: but um, it, it sounds like you need to work on that Where are you on the uh, over the counter chewable is it me- the melatonin the gummies those little sleep gummies where, where do you stand on those?
1: There are some that work basically melatonin um, we produce in our body naturally, so our melatonin helps our immune system. it helps a lot of things, but if you are low in melatonin, they can work on you, so they can they can work unfortunately, some people they don't work for, and they can feel groggy the next day because they might have too much melatonin in their body, so they actually don't need it um but I know it's it's a very it's something people do reach for yeah, okay. um I would personally look at your melatonin levels if I were able to to look under the hood and see because, you know, if you don't need it, they may not be necessary.
0: Um, Listeners wondering about teenagers and how much sleep do they need? When should they go to bed? Teenagers need lots of sleep. More so, than the six to eight hours? Yes. So really? teenagers need 10,
1: 11, 12 hours sleep. Um, so if you have a teenager in the house and they're sleeping loads, it is not their fault. Do not give them a hard time. So I get this all the time from parents in school. And they really need a lot of sleep. So their biological clock changes as they're going through um, teenage years and Mm. into their 20s. So they need lots of sleep um, and trying. The key with teenagers is actually getting
0: them to get the sleep and get off the screen. So no screens in in the room or in bed. Um, We're reading and podcasts. 15 minutes, some texters, Andrew wondering as well, you know, like, is that advised considering we're telling people to put the phone down before you go to bed? Yes
1: it is because it's it's as long as you're you're not looking at the screen, so you want to avoid the screen. So if you can have it that it's playing and you have a timer that goes off afterwards. So obviously nothing in true crime that's going to scare the hell out of you. Yeah. The same with the you see book. that's probably my problem. Um, but books, um, anything that goes back to analog, you know, going back to your books, your journaling, something that that you find calming. You know, I have a client that listens to the radio and that she finds that calming before bed. So it's different for everyone, but as long as it's not stimulating
0: you, yeah. How common is a good night's sleep?
1: It's not very common, I'm I'm sad to say, and there was a recent study done by DFS, the furniture retailer, to say that only 12% of people in Ireland are sleeping through the night, which is is alarming. Yeah. Um so and it's it is due to our lifestyle. We are trying to pack everything into our days and we're not prioritizing sleep. It's it's our modern lifestyle. There's so much natural, there's so much artificial light. Yeah um and screens, etc. That is work, um, uh, Netflix, they're all taking priority. In fact, Netflix said that their number one competition in the world was sleep.
0: That's their biggest streaming competitor. <laughs> yeah.
1: They admitted it. Good old natural you know. sleep.
0: Yeah. Um it's it's you know, it's it's interesting because we're trying to make a greater effort to just live that little bit better and, you know, I suppose a focus more on on wellness and, and healthy living. So it's interesting today to hear you talk about the fact that this is the key component of wellness. It's just sleep.
1: It's absolutely the foundation of all wellness. You know, um, if you don't get a sleep, if you don't get a good night's sleep, you're not going to be able to be productive tomorrow. You're going to be grumpy. It's going to affect your cognitive performance, your focus, your relationship with colleagues, with everyone, you know. So it really is so important. And, you know, I would look at it like going on a new regime it is really like starting off, you know. I'm going to prioritise my sleep because I want to feel better and I'm going to try and get to bed early. Marie Bowen, thanks a million for joining us
0: on the programme today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.